0: section 20 of the strange storybook by lenora blanche lane this LIBRIVOX recording is in the public domain blackskin in an indian town on the north pacific ocean there lived a chief whose ambition it was to be stronger than other men and be able to kill the sea lions down the coast on the coldest mornings in winter he might be seen running down very early to bathe, and the village people followed him into the water. After he had swum and dived till he was quite warm, he would come out and rush up a hill, and catching hold of a big branch on a particular tree, would try to pull it off from the trunk. Next he would seize another tree and endeavor to twist it in his hands like a rope. This he did to prove to himself that he was daily growing stronger. Now this chief had a nephew named Blackskin, who besides appearing weak and delicate, was never seen to bathe, and seemed terribly frightened when the boys pushed him into the water. Of course, they could not know, when they saw Blackskin sleeping while everyone else was enjoying himself in the sea, that he was merely pretending, and that as soon as they were asleep, he rose and went down to the shore by himself, and stayed in the sea treading water for so many hours that he had to float so as to rest his feet. Indeed, he would often remain till he was chilled to the bone, and then he damped the ashes of his fire in order to make them steam and put his sleeping mat on top. The villagers, who only beheld him in bed, thought he was a dirty fellow, but in reality he was cleaner than any of them and was never known to lie or to steal. If they laughed at him for his laziness or his cowardice, he took no notice, though he was strong enough to have picked them up with one hand, and thrown them over the cliffs. And when, as often happened, they begged him for a joke, to bring them in a large log for the fire, he was careful to make a great fuss, and to raise it very slowly, as if it was a very hard to lift. A lazy fellow like that does not deserve any food, said they, and so poor Blackskin seldom had enough to eat. Things went on like this for some time, and Blackskin bathed constantly, unknown to anyone, till one night when he heard a whistle. Someone has seen me, he thought to himself. Well, if so, I may as well come out, and he walked up the beach in the direction of the sound till he reached a short man dressed in a bearskin. To his surprise, the man caught hold of him, picked him up, and flung him down on the sand. "'I am strength,' said he, "'and I am going to help you. But tell no one that you have seen me, for as yet you are not strong enough to do that which you wish to do.' These words made Blackskin very happy, but he was quieter than ever, and the boys and villagers. "'counted him a poor-spirited creature "'and did not mind what tricks they played on him, "'even though he did belong to the family of the chief. "'They ordered him about "'just as if he had been a captive taken in war, "'and he bore it quite meekly, "'and when the little boys wrestled with him, "'he always let them win the match. "'Fancy a great big man being thrown by a child!' "'cried those who looked. "'Yet, in spite of all this, Lexkin was contented, for after a few more weeks of bathing, he felt there was nothing that he could not do quite easily. Then one night he heard the whistle again, and on the shore stood the same man who signed to him to come out of the water. "'Wrestle with me,' said the man, and as soon as they had seized each other, he added, "'Now you have strength at last, and do not need to go into the sea. Do you see that tree?' "'Try and pull out that big branch.' "'Blackskin ran over to the tree "'and pulled out the branch with ease "'and even put it back again, which was harder. "'Very good,' said the man. "'Next, twist the other tree right down to its roots.' "'And Blackskin did that also "'and afterwards untwisted it "'so that it seemed just as before. "'He had hardly got to bed.' when the people began to rush down to the sea, for it was their bathing hour. And the boys, as they passed, came in and pulled Blackskin's hair and cried, Come and bathe with us! But as usual, he answered nothing. After they all returned from bathing, the chief went up to the tree and pulled out the branch, while the people shouted for joy that at last he was strong enough to do what he had sought to do for so long and Blackskin lay in bed and listened. Next, the chief found he was able to twist the other tree, and they shouted again, and the chief felt very proud and thought himself a great man. By and by they came again to Blackskin and laid hold of his feet to drag him from his bed, laughing and saying as they did so, Your chief has pulled out that branch and twisted that tree. Why couldn't you? "'Tomorrow we will hunt the sea lions,' said the young men to each other, and one of them added, "'I wonder which part of the canoe that great strong blackskin will sleep in.' "'Why, in the bow, of course,' answered a boy. "'Then he can land first, and tear the sea lions in two before any of us.' And they all laughed again, but blackskin, though he heard, took no notice, as was his custom." All that day the people visited the tree to look at the branch which the chief had pulled out, and in choosing the strongest men among them who had bathed with him in the sea to hunt the sea lions. The store of meat they had in the town was nearly exhausted, and it was time they collected more, but the island on which the animals lived was very slippery, and it was not easy for the men to climb over the rocks that night blackskin took one more bath and then he went to his uncle's wife who never made fun of him like the rest and said will you give me a clean shirt and something for my hair have you been bidden to the hunt asked the wife and blackskin made reply no i have not been bidden but i am going so she got ready some food and tied it up in a small package for him and gave him the clean shirt and what he wanted for his hair. He was the last to reach the canoe, and the men who were seated in it cried when they beheld him. Don't let him come! Don't let him come! But Blackskin was determined to get in, and seized the canoe as they were pushing it off. In vain they struck his fingers to force him to let go, and to their amazement he easily dragged back the canoe till it was near enough for him to jump in. Finding they could not keep him out, the men began to speak rudely to him, till the chief stopped them. "'Let him alone,' he said. "'He can bale out the water if it should come in.' So Blackskin sat in the seat of the man that bails, wondering within himself if his uncle had suspected anything when he had pulled back the canoe with the men in it. But as the chief said nothing, Blackskin supposed he had been thinking of something else at the time." When they were close to the island, the chief waited till the canoe was lifted by a wave, and then he leapt on shore. He seized one sea lion and killed it, and managed to seat himself on the back of another. But the sea lion gave a sudden spring and threw the chief high into the air, and he fell down heavily, striking his head against a rock, so that he died at once. Blackskin had seen it all, and was sorry. He opened his bundle of clothes and put on his shirt and his hair ornament, while the rest stood round watching. "'I am the man who pulled out that branch and twisted that tree,' he said, and now bring the canoe closer in. And as he spoke, he walked the length of it upon the seats, which broke under him, so that those who were sitting on them were thrown to the bottom.' Very frightened they all were when they heard the crash, lest he should revenge himself on them for the way they had treated him, but he did not even look at them, only jumped ashore as his uncle had done, and climbed straight up the tall cliff, hitting some sea-lions on the head as he passed. When he reached the big one, which had killed his uncle, he slew that also, and carried them all to the shore, piling them up in the canoe. There was enough meat to last them many months, and blackskin was still piling, when suddenly the men in the canoe pushed off and paddled home again, and this was because of their dread of blackskin. They made the canoe fast and told the people of the town that it was blackskin who pulled out the branch and twisted the tree, and that, for very fear, they had left him on the island of the sea lions. "'Why did you do that?' asked the people. Trouble may come of it. So Blackskin found himself alone on the island, and as there was nothing to make a fire with, he rolled himself, head and all, in his blanket and went to sleep. After a time, he was wakened by a noise which sounded like the beating of sticks, and someone called out, I have come after you. He sat up and looked round, but only saw a black duck swimming towards him. I have seen you already, said he, and the black duck answered. I was bidden to fetch you. Get on my back and be sure to keep your eyes tight shut till I tell you to open them. And Blackskin kept his eyes tight shut till the duck called out. Now you may open them. And he opened them and found that he was in a fine house, though he did not guess it was the house of the sea lion. Of course, the people of the town knew nothing of the black duck, and they mourned for the chief and for Blackskin, who had been left to perish on the island, and the chief's wife mourned most of all. "'Why did you do it?' she asked many times, and the townspeople repeated, "'Why did you do it? A strong man like that is scarce.' Then the chief's wife begged some of the young men to cross to the island and bring back her husband's body. And this they did at last, but they could not find Blackskin's. Where can he be? They said. Can the tide have taken him, or a wild beast have eaten him? We must consult the wise man. And the wise man told them that Blackskin was not dead, but would come back again some day. And this troubled them more than ever. All this time, Blackskin was quite happy in the house of the sea lions. He had grown so used to them that they seemed to him quite like human beings, though when he thought about it, he knew, of course, they were not. One day, he heard a young sea lion crying with pain, and his people could not tell what was the matter. Then Blackskin came and examined him, and declared that he had a barbed spear point sticking in his side. This wise medicine man has found out why he cries, said one. And Blackskin answered, I am not a medicine man, but all the same I can take out that spearhead. And after it was out, he washed the place with warm water. The young sea lion was very grateful, and as he belonged to a powerful tribe, they wished to reward Blackskin for his kindness, and said to him, Anything that belongs to us, "'You may have, if you will.' "'Give me, then,' answered Blackskin, "'that box that hangs overhead.' "'Now the box was a magic box "'which could bring the wind "'out of whichever quarter you wanted it. "'And this was what happened. "'The sea lions pushed the box "'up and down the surface of the sea "'and whistled and called to the wind "'as you would call to a dog, saying, "'Come to this box.' Come to this box. They were sad at parting with it, and would have wished him to ask for anything else, but they would not break their word, and showed Blackskin how to get into it, and bade him on no account to take it near whatever was unclean. Then they said farewell to each other, and Blackskin packed himself carefully into the box, which was rather small for a tall man, and in a minute he was blown far out to sea. West wind, west wind, come to this box, he cried, and the west wind came and blew and blew till it blew him to the shore not far from his own town. And when he saw where he was, he got out and shook himself and stretched his arms and legs and hid the box away in the branches of a tree. After that, he walked home. The first person he saw was his uncle's wife, who welcomed him gladly, for next to the chief she loved blackskin better than anybody. He then sent a messenger to beg all the townspeople to assemble together, and they obeyed, but those who had been cruel to him came unwillingly, for they feared his wrath always, and hoped he had disappeared forever, and when they lifted their glance and beheld him strong and tall, and able to force men to do his will, even though they liked it little, they trembled more than before for the doom he might pronounce on them. As for Blackskin, his eyes shone with an angry light, but he said to himself, It is my own fault. If I had not let them do as they like, they would never have dared to treat me in that way. It is not just to punish them. I will forgive them but before he had time to tell them so, the men who had left him on the island had run away in terror and hid themselves in the woods. Thus they were not present at the assembling of the people, nor heard of the welcome given him by many. Then Blackskin looked round him and spoke these words, and some who listened to him hung their heads with shame. You know of yourselves what cruelty you showed me, and you do well to be ashamed of it. And those who are cruel to people because they think they are weaker than themselves will always have reason to feel shame. Remember this, and do not make fun of poor people any more, as you did in the days when my uncle was chief. This is what Blackskin said. Tinglet Myths and Texts, recorded by John R. Swant. End of section 20.